0: be reading Luke chapter 10 verses 13 through 17 or er, no Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 17 again Luke chapter 10 or er, 13 verses 10 through 17 now he was teaching in one of the sy- synagogues on the sabbath and behold there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and she and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosened from your infirmity. And he weighed his hand on her. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them. And not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox or donkey from the stall and weed it away to the water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for eighteen years be loosened from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he said these word, these things, All his adversaries were put to shame and all the multitudes rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him.
1: Good to see Zachary, and it's good to have him read the scripture. I think he's improving quite a bit, and <clears throat> did very well with citing the wrong verse and then trying to correct it. But I think he handled it very well. Appreciate Zachary doing that. The humbling of oneself—you're going to need to when you go home to reread the passage of scripture for this morning and you need to spend some time with it looking at the the context looking at where this is taking place to take note of who the speakers are to take note of the situation of what was involved, the attitudes that were being expressed, and the response that the Lord gives. There's no indication of any of the background information on this account. So we do not know all the details involved in it. Outside the fact that this woman had an issue that she had had for eighteen years, and maybe as a result of that, there's that attitude that can develop of, "Does anyone care? Does anyone care for her soul?" Anyone care for what she was going through? Sometimes we are, like the psalmist reminds us in Psalm 142, and the first four verses there. The psalmist comes down to the end and says, No one cares for my soul. Face trials and tribulation, and no one cares for my soul. What a horrible state of mind for one to be in. To lose all hope, if you will. All comfort that may be given. Because no one really cares for my soul. Again, as you look at the situation in which the woman found herself. Come into the synagogue, one of the many that were there, one of the many places of worship that man had directed or instituted, be it for one reason or another, or because it may be too far to go up to Jerusalem often to worship God. So we just do it where we're at. But the synagogue is there as a place of coming together, particularly on the Sabbath day, to worship God, to hear the Scripture read and then to hear it expounded unto them that they might be encouraged in what they were doing. But as we read we find that evidently they had fallen into a rut. Of course, we do not have that problem. But they had fallen into a rut. They had come to their own understanding of what the scriptures taught. And they had gone through their formality of having the scripture read and then having explained and then going their way. They had fulfilled their duty, their obligation, their responsibility, and evidently had not had concern for those with whom they were associated with. Who had, come to, who had come together to worship God as well. This woman, we're not given the details on as to anything of her background or anything else, outside the fact that she had an affliction where she could not straighten up and had had that for 18 years. Has she come to that synagogue for 18 years to worship God? We do not know. Had any consideration been given to her? We do not know. But what we do know is what was done by Jesus was not proper in the side of the official of the synagogue. He had drawn his own conclusion as to what the law said. And he was willing to make his own interpretation of what the law said when he himself would be guilty of the very things that he is going to accuse Jesus of being guilty of. Doing work On the Sabbath day. Forgetting what the intent of the law was for their gathering on the Sabbath day for a time of rest. But it wasn't to the exclusion of anything else. Taking care of the animals was still a process that had to be taken care of. But Jesus, when he walks into the synagogue, As you read the accounts in the gospel, he had been to different synagogues down through time. He'd been to the temple. So he was moving around in the area, taking the time to worship with the people of God. And the first thing that he notices, or one thing that he notices when he comes into the synagogue, is the woman. not the official who was officiating the synagogue nor those others that were had gathered together to come together to worship god but he noticed the woman bent over and unable to straighten herself up so he called her to him transgressing the norms of society talking to the woman in the public place and in the place of worship. And when she came to him, he simply said, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made erect again and begin glorifying God. Not glorifying Jesus, although he is God, but the understanding that what had taken place was not by man, but it was from God. So she was praising God. But notice the response of the synagogue official. He became indignant. Here is God's servant overseeing the worship given to God. And he became indignant. Elevated himself to the high position of what he thought he was to do. He, sold, he talked to the crowd and responded, six days in which work should be done. So come in during the, come during the, them, and get healed, not, not on the Sabbath day. The thought that good could be done on the Sabbath day was beyond his comprehension. That wasn't the place, that wasn't the time for God to work in the lives of his people. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will exalt you in due time. The official here was exalting himself. And whether he had known anything about Jesus, there's some indication that he did. Jesus had been in the area, been preaching and teaching. Maybe he saw that as an opportunity in which to correct what Jesus was doing. The Lord answered and said, you hypocrites. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his, oxen, his ox or his donk, uh, donkey him from the stall and lead him away to feed him? What is that? But work in the eyes of those that were doing it. There are times when the disciples of Jesus were accused of working on the Sabbath day because they had gone through the cornfield and picked the corn, harvesting, and they rubbed the, the kernels together, reaping on the Sabbath day. Look at Luke 6, verses 1 through 5 on that account. Find anything fault. Do we, if we're not careful, set up our traditions? Do we forget the reason that brings us together? It's not to fulfill a obligation. Although the obligation is involved in that, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, as is the habit of some, but exhorting one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So there is an obligation. But is that why we gather? Because it's an obligation? And any variation of that is subject to being questioned and challenged. Not so much an issue today, but they were, it was true in days gone by. Been in a, a number of those places where you come to worship God. And if you do anything outside of their tradition, it was sin. If you read from any translation of the Bible outside of the King James Version, that was sin. There are preachers who have lost their jobs because they chose to read or preach out of the New American Standard Translation, for example, when it was only King James, only in that congregation. Had they come together to really worship God? God will judge their heart, we'll leave it with that. But it's for us to look at ourselves. Are we going to humble ourselves? in the sight of the Lord. We've come together as God's people. We've come together in the presence of God Almighty. We've come together to worship and to praise God, to glorify his name. We've come together to be edified, to be encouraged, from his word, we've come together to uplift and uphold each other in prayers, grateful for the time that we have to be together and to believe that God does care as we come together. Saint may tell us, as evidently was being told to the woman, nobody cares what happens to you. I mean, you've been coming here for eighteen years. Why do you expect anything different's going to happen to you? But he lies. God cares. And simply because we do not see the care of God, maybe in a way that we might like to see it, does not remove the fact that God cares for his people. Trying times, yes. Always been trying times. Reading some of it here, are we not trying times for God's people? Even during the days of Jesus. Trying times for God's people as a church even from the beginning being persecuted. God does care. Jesus is bringing out he cares for the individual more than their ritual that they were going through. Did Jesus know what The law said concerning the Sabbath? I believe he did. He wrote it. (laughs) He he was involved in the writing of it. He knew what the, the law said. Wasn't any doubt about what it said. So, what he did was it a violation, a transgression? Was it a sin for what he did in the synagogue? on the Sabbath day. I do not believe that Jesus sinned. And if Jesus did not sin, then it was not a sin. But what took place by Jesus in that sinning God was that woman who had been afflicted for 18 years. But he does go on to explain. This woman a daughter of Abraham, as she is. So there's no doubt about the heritage of the woman. She wasn't a Gentile woman who had come in to worship with the Jews on that particular Sabbath day. She was a daughter of Abraham. She was among God's elect, one of his people. But Satan had bound her for 18 years, Satan was involved in it. Any suffering we go through is again a result of sin in a roundabout way. But Satan had a bound on her for 18 years. And should she not be released on the Sabbath day? Are you telling me that God is restricted (laughs) from working? For their day, the Sabbath day, for us and the Lord's day, that he doesn't work on that day. He didn't break the Sabbath day. he used it. Sabbath means to cease or to interrupt or to rest it was not an absolute restriction against any activity. And again, they knew that. The Jews, by the time of Jesus, had uh, come up with their rules and their regulations. They'd come up with, how much could could a woman sew before it became work? How many stitches? They'd counted those out. How far could you walk before it became work, you could go visit on the Sabbath day, but it had to be, as the scriptures describe, as it was the term was used, a Sabbath day's journey. So far, you could walk on the Sabbath day before it became work. Well, by the time of Jesus and following him, they knew that, and they also had found a way around it. Any place that you had a piece of piece of clothing. Wherever you hang your hat is home. So they use that principle, basically. And if they want to do any traveling on the Sabbath day, on Friday, they would go on a Sabbath day journey, leave a piece of their clothing, go another Sabbath day journey, leave a piece of their clothing. So on the Sabbath day, they could go that distance, pick up their clothing, they were at home. They could go another distance, pick up that clothing or leave it there before they can come back, they were at home. Man has a way of trying to get around what God has said. Has man changed? As long as I do just this, I'm okay with God. I do not need to do anything more than just this and I'm okay with God. how often do we want to read our own definitions into what the scriptures say? How many times have we misread or had misread Hebrews ten twenty four and 25? Do not forsake the assembly, period. That's not what the scripture says. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Totally different. As is the habit of some. I mentioned this morning in our term class, Solomon said a long time ago, <laughs> nothing new under the sun. If you want excuses, they're there, there. You can make them up. But God's concern is, Is for our soul. We need to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. We're His. Lord, forgive us when we try to set ourselves above your word. since we cannot fully comprehend and picture eternity in heaven with God, we miss a lot of what God wants us to see. The fellowship here is just a small glimmer of what fellowship there will be like. Here we have all the barriers that we can have, but in eternity all those barriers are gone. All the physical surroundings and the physical bodies are all gone. God desires, longs for, anticipates, plans for his children to be with him eternally in heaven. Lord, help me to humble myself in his sight may we indeed glorify his name and all that we do. May I understand and may I recognize as we're about to sing there is a fountain that is free. It flows from Emmanuel's veins. It's free for you and it's free for me. Will we avail ourselves of the gift, the privilege, the opportunity, and the honor to be called his children? If we need to make a change in our lives so we can assist you, if we can help you in any way, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.